Thank you for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. Our mission is to create space for all people, to experience the compassionate love of the Father, and to discover the calling He has for their life. Please enjoy the message today, recorded live inside the Wilson Performing Arts Auditorium at Platte County High School in Platte City, Missouri. So, uh, this plant. What does this plant need to grow? Water, sunshine, soil, right? It has to have soil. Okay, that's important. Now, I know there are some plants you can just stick them in water and they'll actually grow. But this, this particular plant, um, I'm assuming it needs soil. It needs light. I think it needs love. I think it needs, uh, some plants actually respond to when people talk to them or there's music or there's activity going on around them, um, etc. Maybe some plant food or some additional things. So I have a confession to make before all of you. I have neglected this plant over the years. This plant was left behind by the youth pastor that, that I replaced at the Baptist church. His name was Steve Mosley. And Steve was like, I don't want to take it with me. You can keep my plant. And it was actually bigger back then. And over the years, I mean, don't get me wrong. There were times where I was really good about taking care of it. I mean, I watered it often, not every day, but at least every couple of days. I was in my office a lot more back then. And so it I was listening to, it listened to all the, the music from the 90s, <laughs> all the Lord, I Lift Your Name on High was a very popular song for this plant. Um, I showed it some real love back then. I pruned it like I took off like these little pieces that were not healthy anymore. I took those off and I um, even had it repotted uh, when I left um, the Vineyard Church and started this church. I had it repotted. So four years ago, like it was put in new soil and, a, and I've always felt like there was some similarities between this plant and, for one, my own spiritual journey. Like there's something about this plant. It should be bigger. Like it should have grown more. But because I neglected it and didn't take very good care of it at times, it, there was a time where it was almost dead. Because when we moved to this church and we started this church, we actually have a little office that we rent. And I'm not in that office hardly at all. And it's set for days. Sometimes weeks without me even paying any attention to it at all. And then I'm like, oh, man, i got to water my plant. So I'd go to the office and do some work, and then I would water it. And there's a time where I completely cut it down to where there's hardly anything left. Have you ever had a season like that in your life? Where, like, things were just kind of taken away and you kind of felt like you were laid bare and God had pruned some stuff out of your life? And so just recently, we, we brought this plant to our house. We bought a different house, and one of the rooms is designated for a church office. And it sits right next to a window with some good, healthy light coming in. And I remember to water it a lot more often. My wife's in there a lot. She's listening to music or watching TV, and she's in there dialoguing. And so it's, it's actually healthier now than it's been in a really long time. It's getting, it's getting stronger. Now, kids, I'm really glad that your parents haven't neglected you the way I've neglected this plant. Because 
there are certain things you have to have in your life in order to grow and be healthy. And your parents are, are a very vital part of that, obviously, in providing for that. I want today to talk with you about, uh, about some different ways. We're going to explore four different ways over the next four weeks of ways that we can grow more healthy in our walk with Christ. In our, for a follower of Jesus, how can we grow healthy? What are the things that we need in order to grow? And so I was looking at, I was looking at a, a word. I was thinking, is this four different habits or practices or or maybe customs, because you look at the synonym for the word habit, you find these different thoughts. And listen to this. A habit implies a, something that you do unconsciously and often compulsively. Now, we know that when we talk about habits, a lot of times we think about unhealthy habits or, or habits that are not so good that we do and we don't even realize we're doing it. And, but also, those can be positive things, too. I don't know if, if habit specifically fits in this category for Reading our, like reading our Bible, that's the first thing we're going to talk about today. Like we need to read our Bible to grow. And so we don't, if compulsively, I don't know if that's the right word for it. But what about practice? What if we practice reading our Bible? It suggests an act or method followed with regularity and usually, listen to this, usually through choice. Right? It's a choice that I make. That I choose to carve out some time throughout my day to to read God's word, to, to be involved in that. And then another word is custom. Now this applies to a practice or usage so steadily associated with an individual or group as to have almost the force of an unwritten law. Like there's just, it's, yeah, we say, hey, as a Christian, you should read your Bible, but there's just something about like, we know that's what we need to grow. I mean, we all know that, right? We all know that. But it's hard to develop that habit or that practice or that custom. In the, especially in the culture that we live in, in the world that we're so consumed by everything else going on around us. It's hard. And I think there are times when we've treated our spiritual growth, we've treated our Bible like I've treated this plant. Oh, don't get me wrong. There's been seasons. Seasons I've really paid close attention to this word. Like it, not consumed by it where that's all I do, but there have been times where I've really, like I've just dug into the word, concentrated times where I just have just this quiet time of being with the Lord. And then there's, but there's other times where I've, I've neglected it. I've just walked right by it and I forgot to, to allow it to water me, to allow it to feed me. And I've thought about it Oh, yeah, I'll get to it eventually. But I'll just be honest. There's times where my life and my health and my faith was not so healthy. Because I was neglecting the very thing I needed the most. And it showed. And God is a good father. He disciplines those he loves. And he begins to prune to make us healthy. And pruning hurts at times in our life. But the growth that comes from it, the beauty, like the health that comes from it is, is something that's really hard to, hard to see until we actually have gone through it when we can look back and see, see this. So, so we're going to talk about that. We're talking about uh, just reading, 
reading our Bible. We're going to talk about uh, we, need to learn, we need to learn to journal. Okay, now, don't get, don't get lost on this. We need to learn to, as we read God's word, write down, what is this trying to teach me? And then, and then ask this question, God, what do you want me to do with it? Like, how do you want me to apply this? Do not merely come here and listen to the word and be deceived and not leave here and don't put it into practice. Because if you don't put it into practice, you'll be deceived. So, so God, help me discover what that is. And let me get a habit, a practice, or a custom of writing that down. We're going to learn about that. We're going to, we need to know that we need to pray. We need to pray. We need to pray alone and we need to pray with other people. I know there are some people who have been coming to our church for the last four years and just recently, for the first time, they've learned to pray out loud with other people. And I know for some of you that's so scary and so intimidating, but there's so much power in it. When you pray, when God is listening and other people are listening too, there's so much power in that. And that's a normal thing to do. When I talked to couples, I did two weddings yesterday, one at 1 o'clock, one at 4 o'clock. And in both couples, I talked to them. Have you ever prayed together? Oh, yeah, we prayed together. No, but have you ever prayed for the other individual out loud? Uh, no, I don't think we've ever done that. Like, well, I want to encourage you to do that. Just ask, hey, tell me one thing that I can pray about for you. Just one thing. It doesn't have to be a long laundry list. That's not the time you wear out your frustrations with your spouse. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, you need to pray about this, 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 and this. You know, he already knows that or she already knows that. But just say, hey, give me one thing I can pray about. You know how it actually softens you when we have that kind of moment together. And then the last piece, and uh, Roy, Roy True, the, one of the guys that speaks for us here on, on Sunday mornings, he's going to speak about we need to be accountable to others. We need to know that accountability is responsibility. We're responsible for one another. We need some other men, men need some other men in their life who can check them on their attitudes, and on their direction of their life. And women, we need the same. You guys do a lot better at it than we do. But you, need, you cannot be alone in this walk with the Lord. Don't do it. It's dangerous. And so you need somebody to be responsible for you. Okay? We're going to look at those four things. So by the way, side note, step over here. The purpose of church. Okay? Why do we exist? Like, why are we here? The purpose of church is to testify to the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's our, that's our number one priority. The, 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 the apostles, Jesus rose, he went into heaven, says, I'm going to come back again. And until, until that date, they're testifying to the reality, the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And that is the, the resurrection of Jesus. We're, that's what we're supposed to do. Plus, we're to be devoted to one another in love. Devoted to one another in love. Even when it gets messy, even when it gets hard, we're devoted to one another. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Romans chapter 12. And then, then as a church, we are to equip you to do the work of the ministry. Our job, my job, is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. Too long... There's been this, this thought of, well, it's the pastor's job to do the work of the ministry, and we're just supposed to come and listen. Mm -mm. Not much gets accomplished that way. I only have certain gifts and abilities, and I'm only good at a few things. 
The rest of you have gifts and abilities that I don't have, and we need you to do the work of the ministry. And so part of teaching these things that we need to grow is to equip you to do that work, right? You walk into the door, you see the word gather. Well, we gather, remember, to scatter, to go out and do the work of the ministry. That was a side note. So what does the Bible say about itself? Let's just look at some, uh, some passages of Scripture. By the way, if you have a Bible with you, and, and I'll just encourage you, please, if you do not have a hard copy of Scripture, you do, do not have an analog version of Scripture, then you need to get one. And if you can't afford one, tell us and we'll buy you one. But you need a Bible to hold in your hands, to open up. So, so right now, turn to the book of Jonah. Turn to the book of Jonah. Just, and if you need to look at the index to figure out where that's at, on, in my Bible, it's page 1218. My guess is, is nobody else's Bible is going to be the exact same. Back in the day, like in the church I grew up in, they had the pew Bibles, and everybody could be on the same page. But then the Bibles left and never came back. So, so it's good to have your own copy of Scripture. So Jonah. Okay, so just, just turn there, open up, just stay there. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read some verses. And if you are a note taker, if you want to just write down the, the address of these passages of Scripture, you can go back and refer to them later. You can. If you're not, you don't, that's okay. Listen, we record the services on podcasts later on this afternoon. It'll be, it'll be um, posted on our, web, uh, our Facebook page. And you can always go back and listen to it again if you miss any of these things. So what does the Word say about itself? For one, all Scripture, this is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. All Scripture is God-breathed. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Didn't I just say that we are to equip you to do the ministry? How do you get equipped to do the ministry? You read your Bible. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of your heart. You want to get your mind right? You want to get your attitude straight? Read the Bible. As for God... His way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all those who take refuge in him. Psalm 18, verse 30. Psalm 19, verse 7. The law of the Lord, so the word of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Psalm 119, verse 9. How can a young person stay on the path of purity by living according to Google, to YouTube, to Snapchat, to Instagram? No, it says by living according to your word. Psalm 119, verse 11. By the way, Psalm 119 is so much about God's word and his statutes, his promises. And so the whole thing is rich, but just a few things out of there. Psalm 119, verse 11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. 
Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Psalm 119, verse 114. Your word, sorry, you are my refuge and my shield. I have put my hope in your word. Psalm 119, verse 130. The unfolding of your words gives light. So there's kind of back to the lamp piece. It gives understanding to the simple. And in Psalm 130, verse 5. I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. Isaiah 40, verse 8. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. Isaiah 55, verse 11, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, or in some passage, or some translation says it won't return void, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Like the word of God planted always grows, <laughs> no matter what. You can trust that. It always grows. John 1, verse 14. This is about Jesus, who was the word of God. Like Jesus, the word became flesh, made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Jesus was the embodiment of the word of God, lived out in ways that we can we could see and touch and understand. Matthew chapter four, verse four, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Yes, the, the little ones. We need food. We need air. We need water. We need all those things to grow. We need to go to the dentist on a regular basis. And we need to read a Bible. <laughs> Matter of fact, you should read your Bible before you go to the dentist just to be prepared. Because it's painful. <laughs> and sometimes reading the Word of God is painful. Sometimes it cuts into places we don't want it to go. And that's probably the reason why we don't read it. Because <laughs> we don't want to have to deal with it. We don't want to have to answer we don't want to be accountable. Like if I just don't mess with it, like it's just me like thinking, if I don't think about the plant, it'll be fine on its own. It'll grow and I won't have to do anything with it. Well, that's not true. It takes intentionality. It takes effort. It takes practice. And it takes, it takes a willingness to be open to what it is that it, he has to say to you. And sometimes it does hurt, but you know what? All of the time, it is good for us. All of the time, it is good for us. There's not one time that I've ever finished reading my Bible and say, man, I just wasted my time doing that. But you know how many times I have thought to myself, I just wasted 30 minutes scrolling through Facebook. I'm, not, I'm, not being, I'm just being hard on me. You can just take it for however you want to. But I'm just saying, there's plenty of times I've really felt anxious and guilty about this. But I've never once thought, man, I shouldn't have taken time to read my Bible today. What was I thinking? Not one time. It's always produced something good. And if it didn't produce something good right then, it was later on. When all of a sudden it came up, like I, I, it got planted and then it came up and it's like, Ah, that, I remember that verse, I was reading this passage of scripture one time, and that's how you walk through this particular moment in life. That's how you deal with it. I realize that the Bible can be intimidating. You might have a question, what Bible should I get? What kind of Bible should I get? And I always encourage you to get one that is easy for you to read. Go online and 
Look at the sample pages. Go to Lifeway Bookstore. Open up a Bible and read a passage of Scripture. And if it flows for you and it's easy for you to read, that's a good Bible to get. Well, what about the translation? There's so many different translations. Uh, right now, I am currently using a Christian Standard Bible. It's called the Spurgeon Study Bible. Uh, Spurgeon, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, was a great author, great teacher, great pastor. Rich stuff. I like this particular version of the Bible. And so that's, that's one. You can get hardback ones that are not as expensive as the leather, the ones at least. This is not real leather. This is like the fake leather, but it feels good in my hands. I like how it folds out and stays, stays open. Um, the NIV, the ESV, uh, there's the New Living Translation is good. Uh, I encourage you to go online to like BibleGateway.com or .org. I don't remember which one it is. But you can like do parallel Bibles. You can read one. You can read two at the same, three or four at the same time. And like just see how it flows and get, you can kind of get a different um, sense for it. Uh, a study Bible or like a life application Bible. Yes. Either one of those are good. Study notes at the bottom to kind of help you understand what it is that you're reading, the context of the particular passage of Scripture, or life application Bible is like, how does this apply to your life? How do you, like, internalize this right now? How do you live this out? Digital or analog, okay? On your phone or in your hand, being able to hold on to it. Yes, both. Sometimes it's good because you have your readily available. I showed up the Bible study on Tuesday morning. I invited my friend Brett. Brett, come to Bible study. And I show up. I don't have my Bible with me. Duh. Felt like an idiot. There's Brett. He's got his Bible. And I got my phone. <laughs> you know, it worked. It was fine. But it wasn't the same. Because in your own Bible, you can take notes. You can write those off to the side or whatever if you're that kind of person. So, but get both if you can. version is, uh, is a version of an app. And it has, uh, it was actually started by a church. They started this version, this, uh, this app. And you, uh, you can do all kinds of like daily devotionals, uh, reading plans. It'll help you just keep, it'll like send you a reminder to keep, you know, read this passage today. If that's, if that's who you are, then do that. Where do I start reading? You can do it in the beginning. <laughs> Gets a little bogged down after a while. Or you could maybe start in one of the Gospels, maybe the Gospel of John. Read there. Uh, hear stories about um, Jesus. You could do a proverb. Today's the 7th. Read Proverbs 7 in the morning. And then read Psalms at night. Start with some wisdom and with some worship. It's a good, it's a good uh, guide. If you don't know what else to do, just do that. Well, you can say, well, Brady, can I just do like a devotional? Like I have a daily devotional and it has like a passage and somebody else's thoughts about that particular passage. They're very encouraging and inspiring. They're not, there's nothing wrong with those. But it would be like going to a Mexican restaurant and just eating the chips and salsa. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love me some chips and salsa. I can eat chips and salsa every day. But there also is something about the chimichanga. <laughs> you know, when they bring that thing to the, to the table... And it's big and it's hot and it's got beans and rice. It's the full meal deal. Don't just stick with the devotional. Read your Bible. <laughs> Eat the whole meal. Anybody else hungry right now? The Mexican restaurants are going to do good business today. <laughs> and then I don't understand what I'm reading, Brady. And when I read it, it just doesn't make any sense to me at all. Well, for one, I encourage you, please don't give up. Please don't give up because it's alive and it's active and, it, and there'll be times where God will just highlight, like on my 
notes. I have like highlights, some, some of these thoughts. It just highlights something for you that's speaking to you right then, right now. Uh, read it with others. Get involved in a Bible study with some other people. That's important. Uh, you can Google, you can find online commentaries that kind of like verse by verse explain the passage of Scripture. Some of those get a little weird. Be careful about those. But I think they're, they're helpful. If you have a question about it, just say, hey, Brady, I read this passage. This is what I read this commentary. I'm not really sure what it's talking about. Um, ask me. And we'll work through it together. And then finally, I have some homework for you. Oh, everybody groan like kids in school. Homework? What? Oh, this is going to be good homework. Your homework is the book of Jonah. All right? Four chapters. Read chapter one tomorrow, chapter two on Tuesday, chapter three on Wednesday, chapter four on Thursday, and then between Friday and Saturday, read the whole book at once, one way or another. Maybe, on, maybe you're an overachiever and you want extra points, all right, with your pastor. Read it all on Friday, read it all on Saturday, and come back ready to journal about it next Sunday. We're going to sit down. We're going to, we're going to look at a passage out of Jonah. We're going to put it up on the screen, and we're going to read it together. I'm going to read it to you. We're going to read it together, and we're going to, we're going to ask the Lord, what are you trying to tell me in this passage of Scripture? What am I supposed to do with this as I walk out of here? How do you want me to apply this to my life? Listen, as a pastor, I cannot go wrong with God's Word. I can say a lot of stupid stuff, a lot of stuff that you'll never even remember anyway, but I cannot go wrong with this because it always returns and produces something good. Always. And I believe that to be true. Yesterday, back in 1536, anybody remember that? It was a good day, right? 1536, October 6th. Chiefs had a losing record back then. Now they have a winning record. William Tyndale was martyred, killed for the crime of translating the Bible into English. He was executed by strangulation and his body burned at the stake. In 1611, the 54 scholars who produced the King James Bible drew significantly from Tyndale's work as well as from translations that descended from, from his. One estimate suggests that the New Testament in the King James Version is 83% Tyndale's work and 76% of the Old Testament. Known as the father of the English Bible, it is because of the dedication and sacrifice of men like him that we can read the Bible on our own language, in our own language today. Remain faithful, brothers and sisters. And be encouraged. For you, listen to this, you are someone's ancestor and you will never know how your faithfulness will pay dividends for them in the future, even if it means that you need to suffer now. And here's the reality. Listen, we live in a culture where there really is no suffering for the gospel. Not in America, not now. There might be someday. 
Some of us have three or four or five of these. Access to it 24-7. And if you wonder why you're not growing, then read your Bible. Can't go wrong. It won't be a waste of time. (laughs) You think about guys like William Tyndale who gave their life to make sure that as one villager in, a, in, a, in Papua New Guinea, uh, when they brought them Bibles in their language, they were crying and they kept shouting, Papa's carvings in our own language. Papa's carvings in our own language. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for guys like William Tyndale who was willing, they were willing to give everything in order that later on, on a Sunday morning, on October 7, 2018, we would sit in Platte County High School and we would open up your word and we would hear what your word says about itself. We would be encouraged and challenged and, and motivated, hopefully, to dig deep and to eat fully of your word. To let the water of it nourish the cells in our, in our soul and our hearts and our minds and Let the truth of it teach us, God. Teach us more about who you are and who you say we are and uh, how you want to use us, how you want to equip us to do the work you've called us to do so that other people can know Papa's carvings in a way that makes sense to them, in a way that they can find faith, in a way that we can find growth, God, we trust, we trust you and we thank you for your word and we pray that we would go forth from this place being enriched today, encouraged today because of it. Pray this in Jesus' name, amen. If uh, if you need prayer this morning for anything, if you are a family and you didn't get uh, an activity from last week, come and get one. Oh, by the way, real quick, um, This is the revelation of Jesus in every book of the Bible. I emailed it out to some, but if you didn't get the email, if you just say, hey, what does it say about Jesus in Genesis? He's a creator and promised redeemer, and it goes on and on. So Jesus in every book of the Bible. And so if you think this would be interesting, come grab one of these families. If you weren't here last week, grab a kit. And if you need prayer, come and pray. Thanks again for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. We hope it leaves you encouraged. If you need more information about the church or need to talk to someone about prayer or faith in Jesus, please visit our website, thecallingcommunitychurch.com and fill out the contact form. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you have a blessed day.